0: Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I um, reflected, well, yesterday on the program briefly with Father Nagel, and last week about the 10 lepers, and how only one came back to thank Jesus, even though all 10 were healed. Well, that was the gospel reading um, at Mass on Sunday, and um, when, I, um, when I heard the homily, uh, it was striking to me there was a new insight that I hadn't thought of, and this was the insight. Um, Father was saying that, um, did Jesus know that he would heal all ten? Yes. Did he know that only one would come back? Yes. So he knew that nine wouldn't? Yes. But he, he healed them anyways. And he brought out the point that the Lord gives us so many good gifts, so many instances of mercy and forgiveness, and he was relating it to confession, even though he knows that we're going to sin after we confess our sins, we're going to fall again, and yet he continues to show us mercy, continues to meet us with his merciful love. And his point was, God is a lot more merciful than you imagine. It was a really beautiful homily. And then um, tonight at Mass, when um, we were there, the uh, the priest was reflecting on the responsorial psalm, the Lord takes delight in his people. And he did something that I love, which was he simply said, do you realize what that means, that God delights in you, that the Lord really does delight in you, that that's his fundamental stance, that's his permanent position, he takes delight in you, and yet— um, we often hear it in the third person. We hear it as part of a crowd. The Lord takes delight in his people. No, I couldn't be part of that. No, it couldn't mean me. And he was saying how we're so held back from letting the Lord take delight in us. What a beautiful homily. Well, both of those lead to the fittingness of having um, Carrie uh, Daunt on today from the John Paul II Healing Center to talk about women and this un, um, this this conference that's coming up um, next month. So let's dive into that interview right now. I, I know that you'll find it to be a blessing. Well, let me welcome to the program, Carrie Dunn. Carrie, joining me, are you joining me all the way from Florida, Carrie?
1: Yes, yes, in humid, muggy Florida today.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you signed up for that, right? So, <laughs> I, you know, I, we both have lots of kids and um, my second child would often say to me when I would grumble, if you can imagine a parent grumbling, a dad grumbling about all the work that's involved in being a parent, uh, my daughter would say, dad, you signed up for this, right? <laughs> have your kid, Have any of your kids picked up on a line like that? Do they have a good go-to line <laughs> that you just leaves you shaking your head?
1: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we're really outnumbered and, um, you know, out thought these days. So uh, they're a lot quicker and woodier than we are. <laughs> so I can appreciate that, especially the older they get. And I'm always like, wow, where did they get that from?
0: <laughs> well, it's funny. And you've been blessed. I believe you have eight children, Carrie.
1: Is that right? I do. I do. I have eight. Yes. yes.
0: And you say that with a little bit of, uh, and full yeah. disclosure, you said you had to leave your house to do the interview. Now that's, yeah. that's really something right there, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, at this time of night, everybody needs me. So I was like, well, I, yeah. <laughs> So. It yeah, is funny, Carrie. Okay, I got I, to
0: I, I ask you a question. So, in my house, in the home, I, I swear my wife is like the sun. Like it's the <laughs> set, she's the center of gravity, and whatever room she's in, the kids just kind of like circle in, they gravitate around, and and I just I cannot figure it out. So, sincerely, I was um, uh, I was in our bedroom uh and my wife was there reading um and my son John Luke came in to use the bathroom in our bedroom and I I said (laughs) John Luke now he's 14 years old and I and I'm like why we have like a whole bunch of bathrooms in this house how is it that you were at some place in the house where this was the right bathroom to go into. That makes no sense to me. Well, he had a 14 year old answer for it about why this was the right one for him. And I'm like, my goodness, my wife, it's just, she just is that center of gravity. So um, you're here, you minister to moms, you minister to women, many of whom are moms. And um, there are lots of challenges. There are lots of things that happen in the life of someone being a mom. And um, uh, is that center of gravity a typical thing for moms in their homes for, for their kids?
1: I mean, I, I would imagine. And, I, you know, it's funny, you know, so many of, of the conferences that we do, you know, we, we get women of all ages. People are like, well, what is the typical age of, of, of the women who attend? And we have, you know, everywhere from 18 year olds to 88 year olds. Um, But one of the things that we like to say is that we're all moms, you know, we're all in the sense of of the spiritual sense, you know, like we are all living in that fullness of, 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 or desiring or made at least to live in that, that capacity to offer and to give. And I think what the children instinctively, you know, feel most days, not all, (laughs) it's just that soft place to land. And, um, and so, so, yeah, and I think we all gravitate towards that. Uh, some days I'm not necessarily that soft place to land, but <laughs> I definitely feel like it's a need we all have, I, even in at my age, which I won't disclose at the moment. Um,
0: <laughs> the answer I is, still, folks, <laughs> she is younger than I am, so
1: yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just still uh, wish I could, you know, have my mom. So, so
0: no, Carrie, I I uh, appreciate you sharing that, um, and I'm thinking of my my 18 year old daughter. Uh, my Carrie, my wife, Carrie, just Mm -hmm. dropped her off at Franciscan University as a freshman. And she came back and she was nostalgic in a way that she, this is our third child to leave the home. Um, But it was different. Uh, Carrie went to Steubenville. And so going back there to drop off, she connected back with friends that were also dropping off there, freshmen. And so it kind of reminded her back, it kind of pulled her back, to that stage in her life. And, um, and and she was a bit more nostalgic coming home this time. She was, first of all, excited for my daughter, excited for Mary mm-hmm. Catherine uh, to go, but it also got her reflecting on, you know, this is this is a new stage. And mm-hmm. to think that we, we've left behind a certain stage in our daughter's life, her being, you know, mom in that day-to-day reality. And it got her reflecting on, what more could I have done? Did, did I do everything right? No, I realize I, I, I've fallen short. And it makes me sad. And it makes me, it, it brings up a, a sadness around. Um, I, I, I wished I had done more, maybe, uh, maybe as a way of saying it. Um, you know, that that sentiment bubbled up in her. Uh, does that make sense to you?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it's funny right before this interview, um, my, uh, we just dropped one off at college too, our oldest son. So he's our second child. And, um, and you know, he just tried to FaceTime me and I was like, Oh, he's trying to call. And I'm like, there, uh, there, there's such a desire you want to impart so much, you want to give them so much, but you know, ultimately, you know, our, our job is, is to hand them over and, and, you know, we we have mama Mary. I always Like, you know, she fills in those holes um, and there are lots, there are lots. We all have those regrets, I think, as, as parents, uh, as even, you know, as children, you know, things that we wish, you know, we had, we had done differently or, or said more of to our parents in, in way of those.
0: I've heard about that. I can't relate to that though, personally, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, in fact, um, yeah, I think that uh, as we go forward in life, all of a sudden it, it dawns on us a bit more about. Um, like, what is my call? What is my mission? And when I think about fulfilling it, I can be, you know, happy or um, celebrate the ways that I see it happening. But certainly that gap exists where, gosh, I could have done better. Or why did I settle for less? Or, and and you know what it does for me, uh, and I think for Carrie, is we still have six kids at home. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, um, maybe by the ninth one, we'll get it right. Or we'll be so tired, right? We'll be so tired, that will just be like, I surrender. Talk about surrender. We'll be surrendered by the time our youngest makes it to high school. She'll have she'll have her way with us. So
1: You definitely, at least in my experience, we learn to pick our battles more. You know, like what was important with our older ones becomes less important with our little ones. Our older ones, like you were talking about those zingers that they give you, they're always like, you've gone soft. You've gotten-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You never would have let me get away with that. I think we've heard that a couple of times from our oldest uh, our twenty-one-year-old, yeah, she's kind of pointed that out about the already the softening of the rules. So um, now, Carrie, you uh, you have a ministry not only as a wife and a mother, but uh, through the John Paul II Healing Center, um, you are uh, you are someone who travels the country and puts on these seminars um, called Undone. It's a, it's a conference um, for women. And um, there's a really beautiful quote you use from St. Irenaeus that kind of highlights the overarching theme or purpose of the conference. And it it states like this. And thus also it was that the knot, K-N-O-T, the knot of Eve's disobedience was loosed by the obedience of Mary. For what the Virgin Eve had bound fast through unbelief, this did the Virgin Mary set free through faith, again, that's Saint Irenaeus. Um, tell us a bit about how you got involved in these conferences, and tell us a little bit about what it means. Uh, what happens at an undone conference?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, you know, for for being a part of the healing ministry is is. I was kind of born into it. <laughs> you know, many people uh, know you. My dad is is Dr. Bob Schutz. And, you know, with growing up in a household, um, you know, where healing was, was such a part of the conversation, I remember, um, you know, when I was little and, you know, my friends, when they got in trouble, they would be grounded or spanked or something. And we would have to, my sister and I would have to like role play, like the circumstances or situations, and we dig into the deeper dynamics of all of that. And I remember at one point being like, dad, can you just hit me like my friends, parents do like, just get it over with, you know, (laughs) but but really it's just a real blessing to have grown up steeped in this kind of conversation about what does it, what does it mean to, you know, what does it mean to live in our identity? What does it, what does it look like? And I just feel really blessed to have had, um, you know, that kind of formation, not without flaws, not without wounds, but, but really being steeped in in that. And, uh, you know, for years, my dad has talked about this idea of doing a woman's conference as a part of the ministry. And, um, you know, I kept saying, well, right now I'm, I'm living out my vocation as being a mom. And, um, but just in the last um, several years, I've felt that pull, um, you know, to, to kind of dive into it. And, um, and then, what you know what we do, what we desire to do is bring healing specifically for women, just in those places in our our deepest feminine identity. Um and, and this weekend isn't just about you know um talks or worship or you know different you know healing experiences it's, it's this entire package of of living and experiencing and talking about things that have to do distinctly with being a woman. And so much of it is rooted as our, you know, the name of our our ministry is the John Paul II Healing Center and John Paul II's teaching on his letter to women, on, on on the dignity and vocation of women, but also on the theology of the body. And really taking these ideas of identity and who we are and who Eve was at creation, who she was in, you know, in creation, how God made her to be in the goodness of woman and the fullness of that. It was good. It was very good, you know. And then what happened as a result of the fall and what happened to that, that identity, the places where it was knotted, and then really bringing women um. Through this experience through these these prayer experiences and, and through these talks and teachings to uh, this understanding of Mary's role and her role of untying these knots and and that healing journey as women is really through Mary and who through her fiat. Um, and, and so that yeah the weekend is just a place of, of unfolding and, and really steeping in our identity. And, and bringing those places to Jesus and allowing him to start to pull those threads, those knots that, that each of us, you know, no matter who we are, I, you know, I, I laugh sometimes. Someone will say, well, I don't have any wounds and I, <laughs> you know, and I, like, I get it. Like I, you know, there's a lot of wounds I would rather not look at, but you know, each of us, all of us, we, we live, we're in relationships and whether or not, you know, we've had experiences where we've sinned, we've, we've we've been hurt and we've been broken in different places in our identity. And, um, and this week is just an opportunity to allow those knots to, to begin to surface and, and begin to be untangled.
0: That's Carrie Don from the John Paul, the second healing center. This is Tom currently to sound insight. As we discuss this, well, important work of God, right. Unveiling the healing of the wounds that hold us back in our life of faith. Back in a minute with more of this interview with Carrie Dott from the John Paul II Healing Center. I'm talking with Carrie Dunn today from the John Paul II Healing Center, and she's going to be in Sammamish, Washington um, to lead the Undone Women's Conference. and uh, it's a wonderful opportunity. I'm going to give out um, more of the information around this conference that's happening. And so um, stay tuned for that as I give more information. Um, it's on Thursday, September the 9th. It begins in the evening, continues on Friday, September the 10th. And then it is all day on Saturday the 11th. And so, Kerry, um, uh, as we, uh, and again, we'll come back around to talk more about the details for this, folks. And you can always find this at JP. 2 healingcenter.org, JP2 Healing Center. and that two is two eyes, JPII healingalingcenter.org. Uh, so uh, Carrie, um, you mentioned coming to the conference, it, I'm going to use the word awareness. Um, you mentioned that uh, many, many women um, are not aware of the ways in which they are wounded, the ways they are hurt, and, and the impacts of those hurts, the ways that those hurts, to use the, the metaphor of a knot, um, it binds them up, right? It, it holds them back, it, it shuts them down, it closes them off, right? So these are all ways of describing the impacts of, of these wounds. So that, that's one kind of, that's one like aspect of awareness. I think the other aspect is believing and expecting and knowing how to access the healing that the Lord has available to us. So I think that's something that, um, th- like those two are big, like big boulders that I think get in the way of having us be set free in the way that the Lord intends us, his sons and daughters, and a very special way we're talking about these women, uh, these daughters of God, these uh, the brides of Christ, right? These beautiful, sweet ones that that the Lord wants to unbind and set free, like Lazarus, you know, un- come out and be unbound and set free, um, that there's that lack of awareness. And then there's that lack of, uh, uh, lack of knowing how to access that healing. So, Carrie, I'd like to, to, to kind of dive into that a little bit more. So when I think about um, the wounds that um, will close women off, that will, the impacts that it can have, that can shut them down, um, give me an example of one that you have discovered in, in your own ministry is a common wound that women carry. And, and a lot of our listeners could very well be carrying this wound and the effect that that wound has on their lives.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I shared um, recently that I think the reason why I was so compelled to really fall into this ministry and to do the work that I'm doing is um, for years, I've been doing prayer ministry with women. You know, it's something I could do Well, I had, you know, a nursing baby, you could do a session here and there because we we have that as a part of the center on our week-long events. And as I was praying with women over and over and over again, um, every, almost every, it was every woman we prayed with said, I'm the only one who feels this way. I'm the only one who has this experience. And what that that particular wound is and what that surrounded is shame, you know, like so many of us just have this experience of feeling like I can't let anyone know whatever this was. And, and it, what really struck me, Tom, over the years is, is listening to woman after woman after woman say the same thing, um, that no one knows this, no one can know this, and I'm the only one who feels that way. And just how, how you know, even I know that, that men struggle with shame, but, but how in particular the enemy really is after the woman's heart to keep her closed, to keep her walled off, to keep her, um, you know, unable to live in that openness that she was made and created for. And and shame, shame is that, that detour, you know, that, that place in our heart that, 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 you know, keeps us out of, of the depths of relationship that we're called to um, as daughters and brides and sisters and mothers. And so I would say that that experience of shame, and, and it's so different from each person, you know, some shame can be a small incidence of, of, of rejection that left you feeling like I'm not good enough and I, I don't belong to you know, what, what we have dealt with you know, is, is deep shame, you know, um, sexual abuse or you know, things that sexual past or things that have happened that, that, that women feel like they can't forgive themselves for or that things that have been done to them that they feel like they can't share. But, but these experiences are so universal um, that, that as we're doing these conferences and, and just really having the opportunity to do ministry with women, realizing like how important it is just to even recognize it, like just to say, you're not alone, like and each of us in some way or capacity have felt that same thing. And that, um,
0: you know, Carrie, I think about, um, like you use the term shame and I was like listening, I was listening further because when I think of shame, I think of if, uh, if I had to try to use another um, word or phrase for folks listening, because you know, shame on you, or, or I feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. I would I would say like disgust, like a sense of being disgusted with oneself. Um, uh, in um, when I was wondering, and you know, I was trying to listen for like, what's the source of that shame? Like, what are they ashamed about? And what you said was striking to me because while it's sometimes the case that they're ashamed of their own past misdeeds, right? So their were past behaviors and um, uh, ways that they acted out. But uh, you mentioned that, that there are a number who carry shame as a result of being the victim of mm-hmm. someone else's um, sin, that, that they were assaulted, uh, abused, um, mm-hmm. they were hurt and there was a shame that was left in them. Um, And I'm wondering if you could help me understand, um, like I I can speculate, but um, like where where does that shame come from? How does that live in them? That if they were the victim of someone else's assault, why do they feel ashamed? What is it that leaves them feeling so disgusted with themselves?
1: That is a really great question, Tom. And really what it has to do with is what happens when we experience trauma so often when people experience trauma and, and, you know, trauma, trauma can happen from something like what we would categorize as something traumatic happening, something done to you or something that you didn't have something that was withheld. And, um, when people have this kind of trauma, especially, you know, at formative years, what happens is, is that the enemy likes to come and pounce at those places. Sadly, you know, you've already experienced something very hard and difficult. And when you experience this and there's this kind of crack, so to speak, in that place where, you know, you, you might doubt God's goodness, or you may be too young to understand that, 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 you know, that God is good, even when bad things happen. Um, I know I'm not, I'm still at that age where I'm truly trying to understand it. So it's, it's something that, that we all wrestle with. But, but in that place, the enemy comes and he tries to whisper these lies. And really, these are, these are what we call in the ministry identity lies. And they hit right at the core of who we are. And they, they, the enemy wants us. You know, it's the opposite of what we do when we say our wedding vows or when we, you know, when, when a priest takes, you know, or is ordained. You know, we say it in front of everybody. There are good things that we want to proclaim and profess. But what the enemy wants to do is to whisper these things in the deepest, darkest places, and when he does that, what he wants us to do is agree with them so that it's not just somebody else says you're bad or you're dirty, but we begin to say, this is our mantra. This is a record that plays in their head. I'm bad. I'm dirty. I'm not good enough. And then I, I don't belong. Um, I don't, I, I, I'm not a part of this or, or whatever small variation. And, you know, it's funny. The enemy not very creative. You know, he can only distort. He can't create. So, so many of these lies that, that you hear personally, I hear personally are lies that, that are playing in the record in the minds of so many different women, so many different people. Like it's just this, this reality of, um, of really him trying to get at that deepest place in, in each of us.
0: You know, Carrie, I think about like phrases like worth, I'm worthless. I'm Mm -hmm. nothing. I must be just garbage. If, if someone can treat me like this, I must be worth nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. If someone can treat me like that. Um, And and how that can just close people off, right? I, I, I'm imagining that like women who have been traumatized like that. Um, and, and whether it's uh, like, I think of a, a form of assault that women experience very deeply because they're so open is um, verbal abuse. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, it, it, you know, when a, a mom or a dad um, or even a brother, you know, a family member just says, you're ugly or you mm-hmm. disgust me or i wish i never had you or i wish you were never born or i am so ashamed of you like those 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 messages like are, are like daggers i think that that just leave women want to just i want to close off i don't want to be open i don't want to be vulnerable to be hurt like that again and so then a, a shell comes or a brick wall comes up and I don't want to be open to receive the the drawing near of, of a loving God who's a heavenly father who wants to tenderly like minister to those places. Um, you know, it is, is one of the, like, let's call it the evil fruits of these lies that there are just walls put up.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it goes right back to the garden, you know, <laughs> you know, as soon as Adam and Eve sin, what do they do? And then I always find this like, quite humorous, you know, all of a sudden they realize they're naked, you know, like <laughs> they sin, they ate this apple and then the next minute they're naked. Like, why is it that they were naked? Like, what is the, the, the big piece of that? And that goes right back into that place of shame because when they looked at each other, they no longer saw each other with the fullness and the reality of who they were and who they were created to be. They, they encountered each other with, with this shame and this lust because they, they didn't, they had this disconnect between their body and their soul. So what did they do as a result of that is they covered themselves. And it's the same thing that we do. It just plays itself out over and over again. When we begin to feel like we're not safe, we're not being seen well, or we're not seeing the person in the way that they need to be seen, then we we begin to cover ourselves with our own fig leaves. And and so much about what this weekend is about is you know is is being able to recognize what are these fig leaves? What are the things that were that we're putting off? What are we created for? Like what were, what was the intention of a woman who she was supposed to be? And Mary in this fullness and openness was just the anecdote, the, the complete opposite of that hiding, you know, that Eve did in her, let it be done. And and, and her ability, you know, thankfully being born without the stain of original sin to, to welcome the Holy Spirit in that way. And, and really what our desire is for women in this weekend and, and, and what, each of us on the team has been able to encounter over the years, you know, it's not just something we say, it, it's something we've experienced very deeply in our own places and our hearts is, is, is beginning to, to open the doors of our hearts to allow the Holy spirit just to, to reveal the truth of our identity in those places that the enemy has tried to twist and distort.
0: That's Carrie Don from the John Paul, II healing center. And just to hear her share, just, it brings up for me, the, just the power and importance of us coming to know that our God is a God of love. Our God is a God who takes care of us, who longs to enter into those places of woundedness and brokenness to unbind and set us free. Um, there's so much more to say. We're actually coming up against a break. Before we do so, though, I do want to encourage you to go to JP2, as in two eyes, jpii healingcenter.org. JP2 Healing Center org to learn more about this and uh, uh undone women's conference so you're going to undo those knots that bind us up and hold us back the lord has so much goodness so much healing in store for so many women who i don't know for whatever reasons the women can uh, women and men but you women you can be held held back and, and held down and my hope is that you'll come to discover the more that god has for you back in a minute with more sound insight That's beautiful. I'm talking today with Carrie Daunt from the John Paul II Healing Center. And Carrie is going to be in Sammamish at Mary Queen of Peace Catholic Church. What a fitting church to go to huh? for the Undone Women's Conference, Mary Queen of Peace. And folks, if you've listened to Sound Insight, you might remember the interview I did with Bart, uh, Carrie's uncle, for the men's conference they had there, the uh, Men on Fire conference that happened there um, a few months ago. And uh, that's thrilling that uh, Mary Queen of Peace is really stepping forward to have like a a space uh, set aside on September the 9th, that's a Thursday. And then again on the 10th, uh, those are two evenings, Thursday and Friday evening. And then on the 11th throughout the day, ending at four with mass optional at the end. Um, And that this Undone Women's Conference, Carrie is gonna be there along with the team uh, and, and shepherd you through, walk you through a series of sessions where women, you'll be able to come to a place of that new sense of identity, uh, gaining an awareness of the things that are distorting, uh, that are uh, leading to a false sense of identity, and then learning how the Lord has a healing purpose, and not just a healing purpose, but enacts healing, that you can come into awareness, but also the encounter with the healing power of the Lord to unbind you and set you free. Well, I think about that, Carrie, in terms of Um, so many women that um, want to love their kids better. They want to love their husbands better. They want to love the Lord more. Mm -hmm. And they can feel like my, you know, my well has run dry, right? Mm. They can feel like that that widow of Sarapath who is trying to take care of her son and and is totally out to, you know, one little bit of oil, one little bit of grain, and then she's going to die. She's got nothing left and just can feel so empty, and so to have a, a place of refreshment like the Undone Women's Conference, I think is just a really, that's a beautiful thing. And again, it's coming up on September the 9th through the 11th. Carrie, as you, um, you're you sharing about, um, I'm using the term awareness, awareness of the of the wounds that we carry, especially again with women is the focus here, and then awareness of the healing that the Lord has for us and makes available to us. Talk a bit more about when you first experienced if you can remember um, a way that the Lord drew close to you and unbound you and set you free where some, where there was a not undone in your life. Do you mind sharing a story about that?
1: No, I, I, I don't, you know, and it's, it's maybe not in that same level as what we were talking about earlier with sexual abuse, but it was really fundamental. And it was, a, it was very early on in my healing journey and it really helped loosen many things. So, uh, it really sticks out to me. Um, growing up, I really struggled, um, in the classroom. I just, I had such a hard time at school. Um, and I, I had a very late diagnosed, uh, learning, um, disability and it wasn't until like almost the end of third grade. So I'd spent the first several years of school, just feeling completely lost, just completely lost. And, um, And and as a result of that, like all of these lies, like I'm stupid or I don't belong or I just don't have it all together. And, you know, just the enemy just had a field day with that. And, you know, I remember at one point revisiting this, this memory, you know, uh, in a a time of prayer and the Lord really showing me like where that came in and how I began to believe that lie and how I was living that out. Um, And just as you were talking earlier about you know, like the things that, that women, you know, when they have their capacity is at their max and they can't give, I was finding myself running into that place. Like here I am, the Lord's asking me to do these things, but I am feeling like I can't do them because I'm not smart enough or I'm not good enough or I don't have the right credentials or whatever, you know, X, Y, and Z the enemy wanted to try to tell me. And, you know, my dear friend, sister Miriam, who is also part of the, the ministry says that, you know, whatever is not transformed is transmitted. And because we're relational people, <laughs> those places in our own hearts that we haven't dealt with, that we haven't looked at, that we're not willing to go to are places that we're just going to continue to live out of until we're, we're able to do that. And I can say, you know, from the places and, and there have been many experiences, and this is just a small example, but, but really being able to look at the lies that I believe about myself and, and begin to ask the Lord, you know, what is your truth? What do you think of me and what do you desire for me in this place? And, and when I was able to, um, what we call renounce some of those lies and, and really start to claim God's truth, the, the, the truth that he speaks to us through scripture, the, the truth that, that he has for each of us, um, was I able to really begin to step into the things the Lord was asking me to do. And I didn't realize that I was being held back <laughs> by something that happened when I was a child, you know, but, um. But but really, I think so many of us can connect the dots to so many different experiences of our lives where some little thing that happened, we made all sorts of agreements and believed all sorts of lies about it that's keeping us from living in the purpose that God's called us to. And in and, and the time for women, you know, as John Paul II is, said is now, we need holy women. We need women that are are living in this fullness because you know, Edith Stein said that the world doesn't need what, what women or want what women have. They need who women are. And and I think now more than ever.
0: That's really beautiful. Uh, it's Carrie Daunt sharing today. Again, she's part of the John Paul II Healing Center team and will be in Sammamish at Mary Queen of Peace September the 9th and 10th in the evenings and then all day on the 11th you can go to JP, and then two I's as in two, JP2healingcenter.org. You'll see a schedule of events. You can click on that and it'll take you right to the registration. Or you can always Google Mary Queen of Peace and there on their homepage. You'll see a link to be able to register for the event. You can be there in person. You can also sign up virtually. So folks, if you're listening on one of the stations that's not near Sammamish, you can still participate at a distance Uh, through the internet. What a beautiful gift to be able to have it streamed and participate in that way. Carrie, as you're um, sharing, uh, you said a a word, and that word was renounce, and um, that's a really powerful word. Um, I I know there are a couple of ministries that that I've heard about, like Unbound is another one, that uses that um, action, that act of renouncing, And and it's not one that most Catholics are familiar with. And yet you've just proposed that for some, um, their path of healing could involve an act of renouncing. Could you talk a bit more about what that is?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think if if we're talking about the lies that we believe, right, that identity lies in particularly, these places where um, something has been whispered, something has been said in in a place of our own woundedness or during an experience of of trauma, That when we begin to renounce lies, what we're actually doing is taking authority, you know, with Jesus as authority, um, because we pray always in his name, to undo those particular lies, those particular knots. So it's, you know, if in those acts of renunciation, we're we're saying the opposite, we're claiming God's truth instead of the lie that the enemy has spoken over us that we've often agreed with. Um, So it's very simple. It's, and it's a tool that, you know, we, we do at almost all of our conferences and it's a tool that you can take with you. It's something that, you know, as you leave and, and you, you go about your daily life and, and, and every day we're, we're bombarded by lies, lies of the culture, lies, lies, you know, just of, of our identity and, and who we are. And, this, this, this act, this ability to be able to say, okay, wait, 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 no, that's not God's truth. And then to be able to, to, to clearly say, you know, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that, you know, I'm, I'm ugly and I claim the truth that, that I am good and I'm beautiful and you've created me for, you know, for to reflect an aspect of your creation, you know, and, um, I and in that's the- so
0: powerful, uh, Carrie, I just, uh, sorry to, uh, to interrupt there. Nope. So- um, my Carrie, um, she um, grew up in a home that was uh, like uh, very charismatic and uh, had a great love for the word. And um, they experienced like and she personally in her own um, living out of her Catholic spirituality, um, believe so strongly in um, reading God's word, but not just reading it, but taking it in and allowing God's word that has power to be spoken into places of her own heart and in our life uh, that it, for her, it's a really important part of like, if we're going to like live a life of faith and foster life in our kids, don't just, you know, say nice ideas, but speak God's word to them, teach them mm-hmm. God's word and, and don't underestimate the power of, of God's word. So I, I love that because there are some powerful scriptures that speak to the beauty of, uh, that the soul, that the, the child of God, that these sweet daughters of God who will be at the undone conference. When, when you all dear sisters in Christ can, can hear and and take in these words, not just spoken to history, but spoken to you as a living word by the Lord Mm -hmm. in the scriptures that has such power to heal, to, to unbind. Yeah. To unbind. So Carrie, I think about when I think of renouncing, um, for me, uh, I, 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 I think of it this way. I, I repent of deeds, but I renounce attitudes. Mm. So an attitude is how I relate to something. And so if I relate to my own identity and on the basis of a lie, by renouncing it, I'm severing the connection. That's the, that's the way that I, I talk about it and I use it is, think of that sword, the word of God is severing that knot, mm. severing that connection And it will be disconnected from my life. And uh, because I know a lot of times um, people who struggle with sin, they'll repent of the deed. They'll go to confession even and be forgiven of the sin. But because the attitude is still there, it just gives rise to another sin. And they feel so let down that I repented of that deed. I asked for God's forgiveness. But the deeper transformation didn't occur the deeper healing that the Lord wanted didn't happen. And so to have more tools at their disposal, I think is so important. So at the Undone Conference for Women coming up on September the 9th through the 11th, um, to be able to teach women, look, there are more tools of healing that the Lord has for you. Um, so I, I think that's that's powerful. Carrie, do you bring up like, what, are, what would be another uh, means of healing that you'll be, like teaching women to access and giving them an opportunity to access at the undone
1: conference. Yeah. I and mean, there's there's just so many different aspects to it. But you know, I one of the things that I think that um, really has touched us as we've read the evaluations, because we just we love the women so much. I mean it really like this isn't just something that we do. This is something that we live in and we just desire to walk with them and and to be with them and and we just it's just a joy to be in a room full of women. I have to say, like, I wouldn't have said that 20 years ago Would have been like last place I want to be. But, um, but really just um, the atmosphere um, of women who are able to be vulnerable and who are able to really talk about these hard things, but also the safety of it and the community that's built around the walls coming down is just, incredibly beautiful and we see that on after evaluation after evaluation i just felt so safe i felt so loved i felt so embraced and it's not by you know necessarily the speakers or the team as much as the opportunity that they have to connect with the women of their own parish you know we do a lot of small groups small discussions um and i really think that um, I was reflecting on this the other day about, uh, just where our culture is. And, and unfortunately where COVID has taken us in this, this new place of isolation, you know, that's always the enemy's greatest scheme, whether he wants to isolate us personally, isolate us as community and, and really like sensing that the Lord was he, when he, Jesus was with them, they gathered so that they could be healed. You know, they gathered to be healed and, and, and Jesus He desires that still. He wants us as women to be gathered together as sisters and to begin that healing process together, to have each other's back and and to have a community to walk through, because when we leave, because we will, we'll have to come back to Florida and be with our families (laughs) Um, that 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 you all will have you ladies will have each other. And um, and I and I I think so much of that is healing in an ongoing way. Uh, the music is amazing um those of you have ever been to any of our events the amazing colleen nixon and her music people say over and over again is incredibly healing um but we do a series of different prayer experiences and and a couple of other really things unique to our ministry that just bring profound perspective and healing in different places Uh, i don't want to give away all of it uh, but it's it really is an opportunity on so many different levels um to, to counter God's healing and his mercy.
0: That's Kerry Don from the John Paul II Healing Center talking about this important conference, Undone, that is happening at Mary Queen of Peace in Sammamish, beginning on September the 9th, continuing on the 10th, both in the evenings and then all day on September 11th. JPII, as in JP2, healingcenter.org. We're coming up against a break. When we come back, I'll continue this conversation with Carrie Daunt. And um, there's more to say. There's so much more to dive into in this really rich and important conversation. Carrie, I really appreciate um, you sticking around this long. And we'll be back in a minute to continue with Carrie Daunt. That's beautiful. That's Carrie Daunt again. She's uh, leading the Undone Women's Conference happening at Mary Queen of Peace in Sammamish, Washington. You can go to the website jp2healingcenter.org. And that 2 in JP2 is the two-letter I's, I-I, J-P-I-I, Healingcenter.org. Click on the uh, little tab that says Schedule, and then you'll see the Undone Women's Conference coming up on September the 9th in the evening only, 530 begins September the 10th again. It's in the evening, and then all day on Saturday the 11th, ending at four o'clock. Carrie, I think about the the gift of um, the gift of praying with people, um, and and you know women coming together, feeling that safety, willing to take risks and be vulnerable. You know, to be ministered to, I think, is one of the one of the things that is too rare. In our um, recent Catholic tradition, it's being recovered to some degree, um, an expectation that the Lord does move through his body um, to heal, and that um, the Lord has gifted and anointed um, individuals with these these giftings to have a sense of what can be prayed for, can help facilitate a recovering in memory uh, or stirring up a a word of, of knowledge and insight into what ought to be prayed for, or even just giving that safe space for someone to say, I want to pray about my something that happened to me in my childhood that I've never been able to talk about before, but when I was praying, this came to mind, and I just want to see what the Lord wants to do with that. I think in all of those kinds of circumstances, um, Catholics and, and the women who come to this conference can experience, here's how I put it, God is the living God, that God sees mm-hmm. you, that God... Is approaching you, that God has a loving touch for you. He wants to restore you. He wants to free you. You, 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 right now, here today. And that for too long, we have so little expectations with regards to how the God of the universe actually wants to involve himself in our lives.
1: Amen. And encounter us. And, and, you know, Tom, I, I just want to say too, like wherever any woman who's listening is like, you know, maybe they're looking at it. They've, you know, i like, I, you know, I can't, I can't, this isn't in my budget right now. This is not something that I can do. I just want to say, I don't let that stop you go to our website. We have scholarships available. We really want to encourage as many women to come, not because we want, to, we want, you know, to, to sell tickets, but because we really believe in what we're doing and and not because you know, we're doing it, but because we, we've, we've encountered the healer, we're wounded healers ourselves. You know, we, we, we know that is Jesus the one that does the healing and um, our desire. is, And we really believe this is that the more women who are there in this body to support and love each other, um, the the more women who can be set free. So.
0: Amen. Carrie, I have um one final, do you have time for one more topic I want to bring up? Cause I think it's, um, it's one that is like emerging strongly on the scene. And it's one of those um, themes that our culture, it really is sort of an, anti, um, an anti-Catholic an anti and an anti-theology of the body um, uh, idea, which is this gender ideology, mm-hmm. that, um, that a fundamental Catholic truth, a scriptural truth and something so powerfully expressed in the theology of the body is male and female, he created them. And that there's a feminine genius that God expresses in the woman's body precisely as a woman, as a female. Have you found that there are any sort of like new manifestations or new kinds of challenges that you're facing as you minister to women as a result of um, the, let's call it the transgender agenda?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, there, it's definitely something I think that we're all aware of, you know, there, there's just so many different ways in which the culture is inundating us with, with new, like new ways. They're not creative. Like I said, the enemy's never creative, but, but, but just the amount of saturation of some of these lies in different pockets and just the ability, you know, as we see that, that when the body of Christ is united together, like, you know, Kindle, we just, light up, you know, there's a fire that is is created in the same way, you know, when there's so much darkness being bred, um, you know, it it, it passes on and and it has been, as we've seen, um, you know, just a very sad reality of uh, a lot of confusion out there. And a lot of confusion, you know, having kids in college, I will say a lot of confusion coming um, in the way to young people, Um, just really, uh, difficult things that, that they're being fed <laughs> throughout uh, their formative years about the truth of who they are, um, that that are real, just terrible, evil lies about um, their nature. And so so there is definitely that challenge. But what we have also seen, Tom, is that because there's been such a distortion in this place, there's this new hunger, a new hunger for truth and a new hunger and desire for freedom, because it's, it's kind of almost you know, like, you know, we see it. it's reared its ugly head. You know, you can see it. It's just more clear than it has been before. And so people are really recognizing that and desiring um, that encounter with Jesus in that place. So, you know, I think in any age in history where you could say it was at this darkest, you know, those lights shined all the more, you know, that those opportunities for Jesus just to pierce um, our hearts in those places. You know, Carrie, I, um,
0: uh, one of the things that um, we do with our kids is um, we go to, um, like as we stand for life, we'll go to places where um, there are um, like, sort of the front lines, right? So you have a pro-life group, and then there's there are the pro-abortion folks that are there. And we want them to draw near to these folks who are pro-abortion um, for a number of reasons, to be a light to them, but also, um, there's a powerful idea that what is true is also good and beautiful. What is true is also good and beautiful. And um, what I want to say, let me translate that a little bit. What is at its essence, real, that's true will lead to human flourishing. That's what goodness looks like. You'll flourish. And that's going to show up in ways that are harmonious and well-ordered and attractive. That's the beautiful part. Mm. And what, what becomes so manifest, so utterly visible at these rallies is the way in which those that are pro-abortion are not flourishing. What Mm -hmm. is manifest there, they proclaim the things that they think are true, but they are so often doing so in a way that is manifestly just lacking in any kind of flourishing, and and it's really ugly. Mm -hmm. And so while mainstream media can paint a false form of beauty um, on, you know, through all of its platforms and, and streaming, um, there's no flourishing there. There's no flourishing in lies. And so I think that the work of the John Paul II Healing Center, the work of these Undone Women's Conferences, uh, the work that you're doing at Mary Queen of Peace in Samamish on the 9th, 10th, and 11th, is you're giving women an opportunity to come together Not only to discover the truth about their own identity, which is so important, but also to unlock sources of flourishing and ways that they have forgotten are possible, couldn't imagine are accessible. And to to bring life into a whole new level of harmony and attractiveness um, to to encounter the, the glory, which is divine beauty that the Lord has in store for them. I, I think that for me is like the, the, the summary of why I am excited that you're coming to Mary Queen of Peace is to help women discover the God-given, God-revealed truth of who they are and thereby come to flourish in a whole new way and allow God's glory to shine more fully in and through their lives. So, Carrie, that's, yeah. that's what you're doing. That's what's happening in Mary. That's, Queen what,
1: Peace. that's what God is doing. And praise, praise be to God for just the work. And these women and I and there I, I can tell you Tom I can attest to that there it feels like I'm surrounded by and I know this sounds cliche but just the most beautiful flowers everywhere when we are in these rooms with these women because it is there is just such a flourishing as the weekend goes to see just that blooming in those places of their heart um and I you know at several conferences and and just a quick little thing at the end we hear so many women say my whole life I've been asking God, what is my vocation? What am I supposed to do? And, and like at these moments where God's speaking truth to them, it's just, it's like a light bulb that goes off because there's healing there. You know, it's like something was blocking the truth of that. And I'm not promising that, you know, you're going to go there and figure out you're supposed to be married or whatever, but the, that the place in our identities that have been blocked that God, just, he wants to redeem and restore uh, is just a place where we can each bloom as women um, in, in, in these opportunities. And we would, we would love to you to join us and to be there with us this week, ladies.
0: That's awesome. That's, that's Carrie Daunt again joining me today from the John Paul II Healing Center. And please come on out uh, to Mary Queen of Peace, September the 9th, Thursday night in the evening, Friday night again in the evening, and then all day Saturday on September the 11th until four in the afternoon. There is mass in the morning. And then again, there is the uh, vigil mass in the evening. Those are optional events. But again, you'll find out all of those things at JP2healingcenter.org. JP2 and the two is two letter I's, JPII Healingcenter.org. Carrie Don, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time today and sound insight. Thank you, Tom.
1: That was a joy.
0: Well, that's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I um, and I hope you'll pray about being open to new awareness regarding. The wounds that hold us back and the healing that the God the Lord our God, our healing God, has in store for us. All right, join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.